Welcome to the Grove Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're a faith community seeking to change lives, change our community, and change the world. And now to this week's message. We hope you enjoy it. In my prayer just a little while ago, when we prayed for someone in our family, I prayed for Morgan. Today... Morgan gets her first group of campers. Now, for those of you who have never met my daughter, she is a 20-year-old college student who is a strong believer and follower of Christ, loves the Lord, loves the Lord so much that she decided she wanted to go be a summer camp counselor at a Christian camp called Windshape Camp. It's in North Georgia uh, on the College of Barrie uh, campus, the campus of Barrie College. So she's up there, and she is, we talked to her last night. She's getting a little bit nervous. She's she's getting a little bit nervous. She's got a room full of, is it fifth graders? Fourth and fifth graders coming into her space for the next week. And this is going to repeat itself eight times in a row. How many ex-camp counselors are in the room today? Ethan was one. All right, so you guys, you were one. All right, you were one, Cindy? Okay. Yeah, now some of you guys went to camp with us uh, at camp. Um, so my, uh, you might not know that my dad ran camps for m- most of his YMCA career. He ran camps um, in Texas, here uh, in, in Alabama. And so we were constantly around camps. And my first job, like really legitimate paid job, was through the YMCA. In the basketball season, I kept the books for basketball games. And during summer, I went to camp and was a counselor. Now, there's something about being a counselor that is, uh, that's different, isn't it? It's, it's really it's kind of difficult at times, particularly with little kids. When I first started out, I had little kids because I was younger, so they were like, okay, we don't want to put Todd or anybody his age with the older people because there's only a few years separating them. So I had some of the smaller, younger kids. And what you find out really quickly is that young kids depend on adult supervision a lot. Not a little bit, but a lot. It's everything. And as a camp counselor, you get to do everything. Even the ugly stuff. You become for that kid their their adult supervision. You become their helper in everything. You cut the, the meat on their plate at the dining hall. You help them carry their tray to the table at the dining hall. You help clean up their spill at the dining hall. And this is just breakfast. Then you get back to the cabin and you help them clean up all of the stuff that they dumped out looking for the one shirt that's their favorite shirt that they're probably going to wear the rest of the week. That later in the week you have to tell them, no, you can't wear that shirt anymore because it's filthy and it's disgusting and it's nasty and it stinks and no one wants to be around you. Then you have to help them clean that up and then you have to help them brush their teeth. Oh my gosh, have you ever helped someone else's kid brush their teeth? I have. And then, while you're in the bathhouse, well, we're not going to go there. 
But that gets pretty disgusting too. Todd, I need help. Or sometimes you go on a mission trip uh, and there's a little boy who refuses to bathe and you have to make him bathe. And then he does funny dances and he sings funny songs in the shower while everybody laughs. So there's a few, that's an inside joke. I'm not going to throw him under their bus or embarrass him, but that is still one of the funniest things that ever happened. Oh my gosh, I wish I could tell that story. Uh, and it included a kid who refused to wash in certain areas too, so he made up a song about washing that particular area. It was hilarious. That's the kind of stuff you get to do as a counselor. You become their helper. We're starting a new series, and we started it last week, coming off of, coming off of Easter and, 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 you know, coming off of Lent and Easter, and then everything after that, the ascension, the resurrection, all of that. And now we came to this particular passage last week about the coming of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about the importance of that. And so we're going to, over the next few weeks, really dig into who is the Holy Spirit? I get questions about the Holy Spirit all the time. Does anybody in here feel like you've got like a solid, fully, all the way through understanding the Holy Spirit and all the theology around it? Okay, good, because, because if you did, I would ask you to take over from this point on because it is a little tricky. It's one of those things in Scripture that's just kind of squirrely. We, we don't really have a full grasp of, of who the Holy Spirit is and how he moves because it's so out of this world, otherworldly, different. But we're going to try to wrap our minds around the scriptures that we do have that I think give us insight and meaning. And so over the next weeks, we're going to look at who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And so today, I thought we would dive into John and we're looking at Jesus' last discourse with his disciples according to the book of John. Now, the book of John is different than the other three Gospels. Those are called synoptic Gospels because they all use the same source material. They're very similar. John is different. John records a lot of stuff that the other three Gospels don't have. The other three Gospels mainly take place in Galilee. John mainly takes place in Jerusalem. We don't know if the geographical difference has to do with where they lived. We're not sure. But John seems to have a total different experience uh, or storytelling system than the uh, other three Gospels. Those are called synoptic Gospels because they're in sync. They're all together. And then not like in sync, like, well, never mind. So, but then you've got John. So we're going to look at John, and this is verse 14, I mean, not verse 14, but chapter 14, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and it's his final long teaching and discourse, and he says some very interesting things about the Holy Spirit. So we're going to dive into what he says here uh, and look at a couple of passages. The first passage we're going to look at is John 14, 15 through 17. It's three verses, but it's full of a lot of meaning. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, he's talking to his disciples saying, in essence, look, I'm about to go, and you're going to be tested. Are you going to keep up with what I taught you? Are you going to kind of take what I 
what I taught you? Or are you going to take it in and, and be obedient to it? That's kind of what he's saying here, okay? So if you love me, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. But then this is the kicker, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth. So this is a word, weird way of saying it, and it's hard to translate it, but the even the spirit of truth means that the helper is the spirit of truth. The helper that he's talking about is the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You, however, know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So let's break this down a little bit to gain some understanding. The first thing we need to kind of address is, I will ask the Father and he will give you. So at this point, the Spirit hasn't been poured out like it. Remember, Jesus hasn't died yet. This is his last discourse. This was before his death and resurrection. So we've kind of gone back in time here from where we were a couple of weeks ago. So we've gone backwards in time. Jesus is still alive. He's teaching his disciples. And he says, I'm going to ask or I will ask the Father and he will give you a helper. So at some point in the future, Jesus is still alive at this point. He's saying at some point in the future, the Father's going to send you a helper because I ask him to. Now that's important because it gives this interplay of the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. The first thing we need to understand is that the Father, Son, and the Spirit are intimately connected. Now that's kind of like, well, duh, that's Holy Spirit theology one-on-one. But it's necessary to truly understand that there's this interplay between the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And there's mutual deference, which means that Jesus asked the Father, the Father asked the Holy Spirit to go. There's this kind of interplay, this cooperation, but it's all part of the same God. I know that sounds weird. Think about it this way. This is a simple uh, answer that I've used with kids. An apple has three parts, the skin, the meat, and the core but it's all one apple. Each part of the apple is different. Each part of the apple has a different texture. Each part of the apple functions in a different way. What's the same way with God? He is three in one. And so in this first point that we need to make is that there is this interplay that there is, that there is, uh, uh, they are interwoven and they can't be separated. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing is he calls him a helper helper. Now, in the original Greek language, the word there is parakletos, paraclete, parakletos. It comes from the courtroom. It is not a lawyer, but like a lawyer. So, in our system, We have a lawyer who stands up and speaks for the defendant. If you are the defendant, then you have hired this lawyer, and they come in, and they speak for you. They make your case. Now, you might speak in court, but they are the one presenting the case to the judge and defending you against the prosecution or the other person who's suing you. 
That's not what this word paraclete means. This means a legal helper who helps you navigate all of the system. So, Matt, I think about this more like a social worker, right? It's someone who takes them from every aspect of the system. So, I, I don't know who, who comes, when they're coming out of the, when they're coming out of the jail and they're sent to you, there's someone that's ha- helping them navigate that. And then you guys step in and you help them navigate some of the intricacies of, hey, we're going to help you get a, a driver's license. Hey, we're going to help you, you know, get your social security whatever, squared away. All of those little things, someone has to navigate them through, the ser- uh, through, through all these different services, right? That's what this word helper means. It's someone who navigates you through a strange and difficult process. The Holy Spirit, then, is someone who helps you navigate through life. That's what this word helper means. The third thing that's important here is that he says, and he will be with you forever. Now, the word will give is a, is a future tense, but it also has this ongoing action connected to it. So he's saying at some point in the future, the Father's going to give you the Spirit, and that Spirit will be with you continually. So this is another misunderstanding of the Holy Spirit. People think that the Holy Spirit shows up, and then the Holy Spirit receives. The Holy Spirit comes in, and the Holy Spirit says, I'm checking out for a little bit. We'll see you. That's not how this works. And it doesn't just come at one time and boom, all of a sudden now you have all the gifts and you're speaking in tongues. It's not what happens. The Holy Spirit comes to help you navigate through life, and He's always with you. He's always available. Have any of you guys been in another country where there's rolling blackouts, or like California where there's rolling blackouts? I have. It's miserable. When you're in Mexico and you have amoebic dysentery, and if you don't know what that is, it's just disgusting. And there's a rolling blackout, and there's no AC, it's horrible. I don't, I don't know how people navigate through life in places with with rolling blackouts where there's no electricity, no power at these great stretches. I, I, I don't think I could do it. I know, that's, I know that says more about me than I want it to. I am soft. I get it. But that's how we sometimes think about the Holy Spirit, that he's a rolling blackout, that at times we have no availability to him, and that it's just going to be miserable for a little while, and we have no access to power. But that's not how the Holy Spirit works. The Holy Spirit is on a grid that never goes down. No matter what hackers try to do. He is a grid, power grid that never fails. No matter what the world throws at you or at him. He is always available, always powerful. 
Then he goes on and he says, verse 17, the world cannot receive him because they neither see him nor know him. So the Spirit is always at work. The difference between you, if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, the difference between you and the rest of the world is that they have no clue the Spirit is there. They can't sense Him. They can't see Him. They don't experience Him. And what, what Jesus is saying is, but that's not you. That's not you. You know Him. Why? Because He dwells with you. And that word dwells there means takes residence in, and it's an active, uh, it's a um, present active uh, uh, infinity. So a present active verb that means He never goes away. He always is there. It's ongoing action. It never stops. Present active indicative. That's what it was. Just totally had a mind blank there. So when he says he dwells with you, again, he doesn't just dwell with you sometimes. He doesn't just show up like Cousin Eddie, right? And park his, his trailer out in the, garage, I mean, in the parking lot for, for a few days. He's not Cousin Eddie. He's there all the time. He dwells with you. And he will always be with you. He says it again. So what have we learned so far about the Holy Spirit? That he's intricately woven with the Father and the Son that he is a helper who guides us through life, and that he is a source of power that's always available. Always. So what is he a helper? What is this process that he's helping us through? It's this world. Did you pick that up? It's the toughness of this world. It's the hardness and the and the backwardness and the darkness of this world. The Holy Spirit navigates us through the difficulties of this life. Now, I said just a minute ago, I'm soft, and it's partly because we live in a country that allows us to be soft. We have it easy, and we have it easy as Christians here. But the people who first heard this and who experienced life in the first century as Christians, their life wasn't so easy. They could literally be dragged out in the street and have their head lopped off. Yay, who wants to be a Christian? Woohoo! You could literally use, lose your job because in that culture, if you were Greek and you had a specific job, then you had to belong to a guild. If you belonged to that guild, you had to worship the guild or the god of the guild. And if you didn't, if you refused to worship the god of the guild, you could no longer participate in that job. Therefore, you lost your job if, as a Christian, you refused to bow down and worship another god. We have it pretty darn easy. I get it. But that doesn't mean life is easy. Compared to what they lived through, yeah, our life is easy. But we all have been through it. We all know life isn't always easy. We always know that there's times of confusion, times of stress, times of anxiety, times where we don't know the next step. The promise is, is that as we navigate life, the Holy Spirit is available and he's powerful and he's right there as a helper to brush your teeth, to wipe your rear end, to tuck you into bed, to clean up the mess that you're trying to get out of your life. I know it sounds silly, but he is your camp counselor and he's the best camp counselor ever. When the kids walk in that first day of camp, their eyes are like, oh. 
And then by about six that night, their eyes are full of tears. They're sad and scared and lonely. And it was my job as a camp counselor to kind of help them navigate that. Yep, mom's not here, but it's okay. Yep, camp isn't easy, but you're going to still have fun. Yeah, you stink and you really do need to take a shower and we'll even make a song up about it. And the Holy Spirit is there just guiding us through this mess. And he's saying, walk with me. I've got you. Verse 25. He says, these things I've spoken to you. There's, we're jumping some, some parts there, I understand. He says, these things I've spoken to you while I'm with you, but the helper, again, the helper, paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. So we learn three more things here, I think, about the Holy Spirit that are important. First, he's the one that reminds us of who we are. He's the one that reminds us of who we are. He's the one that teaches us. That's what it says in verse 25, I mean verse 26. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. In other words, the Holy Spirit is there not only to guide you through the difficulties of life, but to guide you there through your relationship with Christ. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. So think about it this way. If you're ever sitting in here, and I know this is a far reach, and there's something that, that God says through me that's like, bam, oh, I needed to hear that. That's not me, and that's not you. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is prompting you, is touching you, is tweaking your nose or whatever it is that he's doing to you when something hits you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He is the one that teaches. If you're ever reading scripture some morning and you hit a passage and there's something that stands out and you're like, whoa, I know God was telling me that today. This is, God is speaking me, to me through this passage. That is not just the particular Bible that you have and it's not just the particular passage you're reading. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through the passage. Does that make sense? So when we learn and when we grow, when we're, when we're challenged, that's the Holy Spirit doing that work. Then we also learn that the Holy Spirit is the one that brings peace. And not just any peace, as we talk about in here often, but what kind of police? Shal uh, peace. Shalom means what? What does peace mean? Wholeness and well-being. Complete well-being. So the, the peace that the Holy Spirit brings is well-being. It's wholeness. He fills in all the things that you need help with. He shows up and gives you every ounce of energy you need to get through whatever it is you need to get through. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the one that brings you well-being in your mind, well-being in your body, well-being in your relationships. The Holy Spirit is the one then that enables you to be the person God created you to be. That's what shalom means. And then the last thing that the Holy Spirit does is he helps us overcome fear. 
He helps us overcome fear. You don't have to be afraid. The first martyr we read about in the Bible is a man named, anybody know? Stephen. And Stephen is murdered for his faith. And as he's being killed, he looks up and he worships God. Why? Because he's not afraid. That even in the face of death, his God is bigger. You can't conjure that lack of fear up in yourself. You can't do that. That's God. That's the Holy Spirit in you, enabling you to overcome fear, to have a different understanding of what's going on, to see above and beyond your current circumstances to the reality that God is bigger than all of this, no matter what trouble we go through. So what is the Holy Spirit according to these passages, these teachings that Jesus is sharing? He is our helper. He navigates us through this life. He gives us peace. And he helps us overcome fear. He brings us well-being. And it is the Holy Spirit that connects us to the Father in a deep and powerful way. He is the power source that never shuts down. Grace and heating and air would have a problem if air conditioners never went out, right? You couldn't exist. <laughs> if new houses weren't built, what would you do? Businesses weren't there. You guys come and you fix problems, or you help people out when they're in desperate need of AC. And as powerful as that is, particularly as we get into these summer months. There is an HVAC system that never fails. There is a power grid that never shuts down. There is a spirit that blows air on you all the time. Even if your fan goes out or your chiller or whatever else. And that's the Holy Spirit. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into some of the ways that looks in our lives. How the Holy Spirit shows up in particular situations. We're going to look at how the Spirit gives us different gifts. We're going to look at what it means for the Spirit to move. All of those different things are parts of Scripture that we're going to come and look at together to try to figure out what this thing is called the Holy Spirit. But today, we get this baseline. He is our helper, our power source, and he never fails. So my question is, are you tapping into that power source? He's there, but are you plugged in? Today, well, I don't know, in about another two hours, 
Morgan is going to have a set of girls that are wide-eyed, excited, scared, nervous. And over the next week, she's going to navigate them through their experience at camp. She's going to be their helper. When one of them falls and scrapes their knee, she's going to help them out. When one of them is late getting out of bed, she's going to wake them up. Right? When one of them needs to take a shower, now is this an issue with girls like it is for boys? I don't know. No? Okay. So that, probably not. But if she was, you know, she's going to make them, oh, it is for some, yeah, okay. So <laughs> is Caroline that way? Really? Mary Hannah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. So go take a shower. She's going to do all of that. She's going to, hey, did you get vegetables? You know, you probably ought to eat something other than bread this whole week. She's going to help all this next week with these little girls as they navigate through life at camp. And she, for them, is going to be a comforter and a helper. But guys, we have the ultimate comforter and helper. Will you just let him help? We hope you found this week's message meaningful and impactful. And as always, don't just hear it, but put it into practice. Until next time, have a good one.